Good morning, it's great to be with you and thank you so much for joining us. We're going to be sharing um, a new theme just for the next couple of weeks in two parts, starting with part one this morning and then finishing next week with part two. Um, some years ago, I, I've, I think I've shared this quite openly and publicly in the life of our church, but some years ago I um, was training at Bible College, in fact quite a few years ago, been that nearly 30, over 30 years ago, and while I was um, training at college and training for Christian ministry, um, I would get opportunities to speak at other churches. It was learning to be a you know, public speaker. And um, I found myself getting really, really anxious before I go to speak. And by this time, Helen and I just got married and, uh, 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 and we were beginning to you know, go to different churches uh, as a placement from Bible College. And what happened to me was that I would become really, really anxious prior to me going to speak. And in fact, I became so anxious that I, was, I would be sick. Uh, it, was, it was becoming debilitating. And I began to think as this time went on over the next year, year or so of my training, that it was in the latter years of the training, that maybe I just couldn't continue to do this because I, I just wasn't, wasn't going to be able to cope. Um, I went on to then um, leave college and uh, go to our first church, which was, you know, some years ago in Aberdeen. And uh, the same experience followed with me, really, for the next, the first year or 18 months while I was in our first church. This idea of being sick. It, what, what happened to me was that, uh, I basically, now looking back, I was becoming so anxious, it was making me be sick. And uh, I, I did overcome that. And uh, some of what we're going to be sharing over the next couple of weeks helped me on my journey. So this is where we're going to go. Mind UK, the uh, org charitable organisation, has uh, done some research and they said that one in six people, that, that's about 17%, that comes in a percentage, report experiencing a common mental health problem, that is general anxiety disorder or depression, in any given week in England. One in six in any given week. And that was even before the pandemic. Um, it's interesting, Paul writing a, a lockdown letter. He was imprisoned at the time and he wrote to a group of Christians in a, a city called Philippi over 2000 years ago. And he gave some advice on how to deal with anxiety. And that same advice that he gave, um, we're gonna look at today and uh, next week. And the idea is Paul's answer for anxiety. And it's based on Philippians chapter four, verses six to seven. And he's, this is what he, he writes in, in those few verses in Philippians four, six to seven. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Three pieces of advice in this first part that we're gonna look at this morning as Paul gives a, um, some advice uh, as an answer to anxiety. Number one is this, he says, do not be anxious about anything. That's verse six. Anxious, anxiety, anxiety is fret, um, worry. Um, it's as if you're coming apart at the seams to fret away. And uh, what happens is we become tense and afraid. And this is experienced in um, our thoughts, uh, our emotions, 
and uh, physical sensations. And so for me, I was thinking, I can't do this, I'm not good enough, I, and what if I make a mistake? There's my thoughts. Uh, then I started to get fearful uh, when I was speaking all those years ago. My sensations then in my body was, I, it got so much so, such a panic, that I began to feel sick. And so that's what anxiety does to us. And so in our lives, um, we will all feel anxious from time to time. And uh, what Paul is speaking about here, though, is um, what he's talking about is how not to get locked into anxiety, so much so that it stops us enjoying life. And there was a point in my life where it was happening again and again. I was getting locked into that, that cycle of anxiety that you know, I wasn't enjoying speaking. Uh, and how could I continue to, to go into Christian ministry? And uh, I did something about that. And I looked at this passage and some others and began to pray about that and it how it helped me. And I just pray and hope that it helps you too. So there is an anxiety, there is an answer rather <laughs> to life debilitating anxiety that leads to the next two points. So what Paul is saying here is, look, don't be anxious about anything. He understands that we do get anxious, but you don't have to be locked in to this life debilitating anxiety. There is a hope and there is an answer. And so um, as a Christian, for the Christian, there, there, there can be an answer. Uh, and uh, this is what we're going to look at in the next two verses. Second thing this leads on to it is uh, this. He says, but in every situation, so don't be anxious, understand that you will be anxious, but don't get locked into anxiety. And this is how, he says, but, and this is the, the pivotal point as it were, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. In every situation. So he's basically saying every day in every way, continual life, make it a life and lifestyle, not just a one-off moment of quick prayer when, I, when, I'm de when I've gone past the point of desperation, but in every situation, every day, every way, lifestyle, make this a life cycle, lifestyle of prayerfulness. And we'll look at what that means in the next few moments. In every situation, every day, every way. He says, by prayer, petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God. Prayer. Prayer is, is a general term that he uses here. And basically, and, and most Bible scholars say that he uses, when he's speaking about praying, he speaks of prayer, petition and thanksgiving. And together, that's all prayer. But this first term that he uses is really interesting. It's general. And prayer is talking to God. It's talking and listening to God. And as, in other words, it's conversational. So prayer is basically, and what he's basically first of all saying here is, make it a conversation where you're speaking and listening to God. You're speaking to God, listening to God. It's not that you have to kneel down on a special moment, but make this an every day, in every moment, a, a conversation, as you would have a conversation with friends or colleagues, family, your loved ones. Make this a conversation where you speak and you're listening to God. And... Um, so this is this idea of conversational prayer. Uh, it's personal, not just psychological. Some people will say, studies have been done, that people that pray, it does your psychological good, you're a bit more positive, got a bit more of a hope, therefore it does your body good. But this is not just psychological, this is personal. When we pray, we're talking with the living God, the personal God, the personable God, who brings and comes with his full presence, the all, the total, 
aspect of God. So when we pray, we're speaking personally and he's revealing himself personally to us, God. And this is quite spectacular and this is quite amazing. It's interesting, I'm inspired and challenged by Corrie ten Boom who said, is prayer, and I've mentioned this on a number of occasions, is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tyre? Is prayer your steering wheel or spare tyre? Basically, is prayer continual? Is it conversational? And uh, that's the aspect of it being quite the norm, a conversation, reverent, obviously, with God, but conversational, listening and speaking to God. And that's the point here, not just in an emergency. Then, but then he goes on to say, with petition also. So this is conversational, underlying bedrock of conversation and listening and hearing and speaking to the personable God. Then he says, come with also petition. Petition is intentional, focused asking. And there are moments of very focused, intentional asking, get me out of here or deliver me from here. Sometimes we only have those moments of intentional asking. We have to have that bedrock of conversational walking with in prayer. But then there are moments of petition whereby we ask specifically, intentionally for ourselves and others. For ourselves, it's class of supplication. For others, that's intercession and speaking on behalf of and, and then he says with thanksgiving, and thanksgiving is gratitude prayer, thankful heart, worshipful heart. And uh, we understand that with gratitude, there comes an altitude. You find that with gratitude, it seems to lift us to the place of where seeing it from God's perspective. The uh, hymn writer, George Matheson, who wrote, Oh Love That Will Not Let Me Go, it, he, there's, a, there's a line in that um, hymn that says, I trace the rainbow through the rain. There's gratitude even in a dark place. And now George Matheson, he was uh, diagnosed as, as with bl going blind and eventually went blind, completely blind. And his sister, who was his greatest carer, um, at that time uh, married and then left, left him uh, who was his greatest carer. And not long after that, his fiance said that I can't l live with someone that's gonna be blind. And so she left him. And so Matheson had, had almost his whole life caved in before him. And yet he was still thankful to God. He still trusted in God. And thankfulness, gratitude, d d d raises us to an altitude. And he wrote the hymn, Oh Love That Will Not Let Me Go, which is an incredible hymn that's helped millions uh, over the years. Persistent prayer leads to peace. And this is the third and final point that I'd like to mate, uh, make. Um, he, we read this in, in the, uh, and he says, and with prayer, petition and thanksgiving, come continually. And then the third thing is this, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Peace of God will guard our hearts and minds when we come with this continual persistent prayer. Peace. The peace there is the peace of God. It, the, the word peace there is a Hebrew understanding. It comes from the Jewish understanding and the early Christians. Um, and Jesus came, we know, from a Jewish background. The early Christians came out of Judaism. And the, the Jewish Hebrew understanding of peace was the shalom of God, the peace of God. And it is an idea of being complete whole, total and continual. could never end. It was a continual, complete, whole and total. Um, the peace that the world can offer us is partial and transitory. This world can offer you a peace, 
There are moments of great peace, but it's partial and transitory. But the peace that God offers from the Hebrew understanding is, and a Christian understanding, is complete, whole and continual. That which is incredible. And uh, so we need to have peace with God so that we can experience the peace of God. And this is so important to make our peace with God, to, to give our hearts and lives to God. And uh, the, the Bible speaks quite clearly about repent. And in other words, do a U-turn in your thinking. To repent means if I'm living for myself without God, it's to say, I do a U-turn, forgive me God, I wanna live for you. So we need to make our peace with God through Jesus Christ, through repentance and trusting in God, our, uh, in Jesus with our lives. And when we come and make our peace with God, we'll experience the peace of God, which is beautiful and powerful. This is what Paul is speaking about here. Paul made his peace with God. He was the, one of the, the greatest um, Pharisaic thinkers of his day. And uh, he has an experience on the road to Damascus whereby he repents ultimately and puts his trust in Jesus and makes his peace with God so that now in prison he experiences the peace of God some years later. You know, um, he is our peace. God is our peace. Jesus is our peace. The Holy Spirit is our peace. It's personified. Peace is personified in who God is. And it's, it's a person. Peace is found in a person through Jesus Christ. Jesus says, my, my peace I give to you. And so there's this understanding that it's found in his person and his presence. He is present. It's, it's basically peace is the totality of God himself. That's why it's whole, complete, and continual, eternal, because it's the totality of God. And so when we come and we pray, God comes himself, the totality of his person. And so when we, when he, when we make our peace with him, we have the peace of God, his totality, all that he is and all that he brings. It's not just something transitory, a little bit of peace that we experience, a bit of quiet in the world, but all of who God is at his disposal, at his disposal given to you and to me. It's the totality of God. And no wonder Paul then says, and the peace of God will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. The word guard is to garrison there. Literally means garrison. And it will, so God's heart, uh, God's peace will garrison my heart and my mind. And this is where everything goes on in our mental health, uh, is the heart and the mind runs riot. And this is where anxiety, it can run riot with us. And depression can run riot with our hearts and minds. But he says the peace of God will garrison. It would be like, so Paul's understanding this was under lock and guard at the time. Uh, the Praetorian guard would have been guarding Paul. He was under like a house arrest. And so it's very on his mind, this idea of putting guards and God's peace is like a guard. It's like a, a, a troops, soldiers standing, a garrison standing at our hearts and our minds, the angels of God, the presence of God, um, garrisoning our heart and mind. And, and with that understanding, you know, um, your heart and mind can't be stormed by the enemy. Um, the gates can't be broken down, as it were, can't be taken captive, you know, held by anxiety and depression in that respect, can't be captured and dragged away because um, anxiety tears us apart, drags us from here to there. If only I can't, I can. This will happen. What if? And uh, this is this idea of being guarded and garrisoned. 
This morning, let's pray and give him our hearts and our minds so that you and I may know the peace of God that will guard us. And I pray that you'll be encouraged uh, this morning and I pray that you'll know the peace of God guarding your heart. And next week we'll go on a bit further to look at the second part of this. This isn't a quick fix, but it will work and it has worked. It's worked in my life because God is true to his word. Thank you. God bless you.